Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you this Garage Logic podcast best of. I'd give you the uh, record temperatures, but I'm out of the I'm out of the room today. And those record temperatures, of course, are brought to you by Aquaside, keeping your beach free of weeds. I got this story has been bothering me. Which one? It's in today's paper. I don't know where my sensibilities are supposed I to like be. I like these stories. I know this is a fun mm-hmm. one. Oh, you read it. I read it. It's the it's a story. It's in today's Star Tribune. On the one hand, it's a ray of hope because it's a story about an automobile mm-hmm. told lovingly right. and passionately uh, by someone named Vicky Tripp writing for the New York Times. And it's the story how how she sought her great grandmother's car uh, to keep to keep it in the family. And it's a it's a 1962 Dodge Dart. Well, now I can understand uh, someone having a sentimental attachment to a family object like that. I mm-hmm. don't uh, I don't poo poo that. I don't dispute that. But as I read it, I had trouble aligning my sensibilities. It's kind of a nifty story in the sense that it has three pictures, a before picture, a story of the car in restoration, Mm -hmm. and the after picture when this 1962 Dodge Dart is restored in its original uh, nutmeg brown metallic finish, right? Yes. Now, the trouble I'm having with my sensibilities is not that this woman would restore a 1962 Dodge Dart. It's a, it's a, it was a quirky car, a kind of a one or two year design, one year design, I think. And it, so more power to her. Uh, and my, but I'm struggling to, I'm just struggling terribly with the story. Uh, for some reason, it, it puts me in mind of the of the New York Times reporter who did the story on dirt floors. Mm-hmm. That that people who would have a a dirt floor are uh, you know is a growing phenomenon and what have you, only to discover that the statistics could not possibly bear that up. Uh, people are not. Uh, routinely putting in dirt floors, but here was a long ode to the dirt floor. Right. Well, now here's a long ode uh, to uh, to this woman's efforts to restore a 1962 Dodge Dart, and it and it, and I, I I think she's got a moron chip problem, <laughs> not because it's a Dodge Dart. Okay. Because. But because I think my sensibilities were expected to be that she has done something uh, smart here, that she's done something inventive by uh, insisting that this car should be restored to the point where she can routinely drive it from San Diego to San Francisco and then up into the mountains and out into the desert, and she wants it to be reliable, and she doesn't want it to break down, and we are told that it's a slant six, you know, as opposed to an evil V8 or whatever. And I began to get the idea that between the lines, 
I was supposed to get the I was supposed to develop a sensibility for this woman's uh, uh, for this woman having done something noble or virtuous here. She spent 20 grand on this thing. You know, and it's ding, ding, here comes the Dodge Dart. It ain't hitting the Barrett-Jackson. Now, again, I have to weigh against that my ability to be perfectly understanding of her nostalgia. I'm a big fan of nostalgia. I'm a big fan of, I think it would be neat to have my grandmother's car, much less a Mm great-grandmother. That's another thing. Do the I can't make the numbers work. What uh, do you mean? Well, spending 20- this is her great grandmother bought the car new in 1962. Well, how old would, would this Vicky Tripp be? She's the author. Vicky doesn't say, does it? Seems like that would just be regular grandmother. It wouldn't would have that to be, be grandmother? Just, wouldn't that be grandma? Yeah. Unless she was an old babe, you know. I don't know. It seems the timeline would be about right, and didn't the the grandpa died or somebody died in eighty or maybe the grandma died in eighty six? I think. Well, she writes, "I have vague memories of riding in the back seat as a child, but my strongest memory started in nineteen eighty six, a few years after Fanny died. Mm-hmm. Her name was Fanny Blaw, the great grandma. A few years after Fanny died, and not long after I received my driver's license at 16. Okay, so let's say in 1986, the author's 16, right? Okay. So that means she was born when? 70. 1970, right? Yes. And and the great the great grandma bought the car in 1962. Right. Am I going anywhere with this, or am I just no, going to get she, bogged down in the math? Here? No, she would be pretty close to my age. My grandparents were born in uh, 16. Your grandparents or great-grandparents? My grandparents were born in 1960. But she's talking that this was the car that belonged to her great-grandmother. Yeah, that would be in the 1800s. Well, no. Okay, so let's say that the author, Vicki, was born in 1970, let's say. Let's say her mom was 25 years old at the time of her birth. Okay. All right. 1955. I guess it would work. That means that the that that uh that that doesn't work. No, cuz that would still be the the grandma. That'd be grandma. So grandma had mom in 1955 at say 25 years of age as well. All right. So that puts us to 1930 was when grandma was born. That would seem to me about right. Right. And now, so great-grandma had grandma in 1930, and if we went, uh, she was 25 as well. Okay, how old is great-grandma in 1962? She would have been born in 1905. So she's, uh, well, she would only been 57. Yeah. I guess. I guess the numbers can work. But that's not where my that's that isn't the monkey wrench that okay. screwed up that my was sensibilities. Just an that was just So anyway, uh she has vague memories of riding in the back seat and her strongest memory start in nineteen eighty six. a great granny has died now, but she got her driver's license at sixteen. That's when my father, Michael Mayer, gave me the dart. 
starting me on a journey that would last 20 years and cost me more money than a mature person should ever spend on an impulse. And she says, that's odd, because when I first got the car, I complained about it, even though my dad redid the interior and, at my request, painted the car blue from the original brown metallic. I hated the AM radio. I hated the, that the car took 10 minutes to warm up. I hated that it overheated when I drove it to the beach. <laughs> 10 minutes to warm up. Well, she didn't like anything about it. <laughs> I reluctantly drove the car for a year before my dad decided to sell it and put me in a newer car, a 1987 Toyota Tercel. I was thrilled. But one day, but on the day, uh, I and my younger brother, Greg, watched the new owner drive the dart away. I actually turned to my dad and said, why did you sell it? The car belongs in our family. We never talked about the dart again until 1995. And then she calls her brother. It says, we should find that dart and buy it back. That car belongs in our family. Well, then maybe what she's done as an author is not sell me enough on, on her connection to her great-grandmother. Maybe that's it. Okay. Because I'm cool with the—I like these kinds of stories. Restoration I'm, of me. I'm cool with mm-hmm. finding heirlooms. I I'm, I'm think that's cool. But I'm having a problem with this story. I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe it's the New York Times part that bothers me. I don't know. So she tells her brother, we got to get that car back. He agrees. And she said, all I had was the license plate number, but that was enough because her boyfriend's father was a lawyer and found the car quickly. I suppose the went to DMV and did a license search or whatever. The current owner had bought the car for his wife, but she didn't know how to drive and never learned. So the car, which no longer ran, sat in their garage. It had some front-end damage and was a little rough around the edges, but it looked pretty good. We told the surprised owner our story and asked if he would sell it back to us, so they got it for 500 bucks. Okay. Okay. So far, so good. She's got the car back. Mm-hmm. And then they plan to restore it as a brother-sister bonding project. Bonding. What's bonding Bonding again? is the application of two pieces of wood using epoxy. We plan to restore it as a brother-sister bonding project, but we were never able to find the money or the time except move the car from one family driveway to the next, depending on how soon someone's neighbors complained about about it being an eyesore. This went on for nine years. See, see, this is where the moron chip thing starts to develop with okay. me. In April of 2004, I decided it was time to fix the car. I don't know why. I felt I just had to do it. She says, I had 10000 in savings and figured that was enough to do the restoration. Okay, if this chick was 16 and 86, how old is she now? She is 37. Uh, okay, so as a 35-year-old, roughly. roughly, she's got ten grand in savings, and she's going to blow it on Fanny's dart. We got a good investment or a bad investment, Joe? You're not a math guy, but she. Well, I'm saying bad investment, principally because she hasn't sold me yet on on why this is so important to her. See, this is somebody's got to help me here. There's something. There's something going on in this story, and I, it's it's causing me to uh, to uh, my neurons are crossing at the sensibility question. You feel like you're missing. I'm, something. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Why Why is the New York Times devoting this ode to this author? Uh, I don't know if she's a staff writer or a freelancer. And then she says, uh, I discovered it was going to be pretty difficult to find somebody familiar with a 1962 Dodge Dart. Most people work on 1964 and later models, which is nonsense, unless she's referring to the Dodge Dart. Mm. 
The other challenge was my budget. It was too low. I called 20 restoration 20 restorers in Southern California until I found one in Burbank that was familiar with dart restorations. So I towed it there and told them I wanted to be able to drive the car. Dart restorations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're the only one in town. They're bragging about it. <laughs> I wanted to be able to drive the car, which has a 225 cubic inch slant six engine and a three-speed push-button transmission. She wanted to be able to drive it from San Diego to San Francisco with no overheating, no stalling, no problems, and it had to be totally stock. They advised me to put in an electronic ignition and asked if I wanted disc brakes in the front. Although these weren't stock, research showed that these were allowable changes if I wanted to enter the dart in car shows. I approved their estimate, which was about six grand. They did the labor, but I provided the parts. I spent hours calling junkyards and vendors who could rebuild some of the smaller, more obscure parts. I would go to the shop and approve the work, making sure it was perfect. Then came the search for a body shop that would work with my $5,000 budget. So, so she's already acknowledging she's willing to go beyond the original budget. Mm -hmm. She called 20 shops, and they all said, we won't even look at your car unless you can start at twelve grand." Some even said twenty grand. Just when I was about to give up, I found a restoration shop on Craigslist that said it would do the work within my budget. I was going to be their charity case for the year. That's good. All right. Still missing something. I'm still, I'm have. Now you you will testify, and bear witness that in in gen, in ninety nine and nine tenths percent of the cases, when it comes to stories like this, I can't find a problem. You're happy that why they am did I it. I'm ha why am I having a problem? Something's I'm having a missing. problem applauding this woman. I'm having a problem, and it's not because it's a 1962 Dodge Dart. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another reason. I I I'm having a reason. Why I'm ha there's a reason why I'm having trouble here. I think we need to help you. And then she says the funniest story is what happened with the carpet. The stock carpet was a color called rose beige. I called a few vendors and was told it had been discontinued. I was offered the same color but in a cut pile. The car actually came with a tighter loop of carpet. She's into it. Mm hmm. Just a moment. She wants it to work. You know, at the end of July or early August back in the 80s, it was around 100 degrees quite frequently. And I bet you were doing a lot of swimming. And Aquaside, of course, was keeping your beach free of weeds because Aquaside has been helping people maintain great lake shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use and begin working right away. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for you, the fish, the water, and your family. There is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer with these safe products. Call Aquaside today. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Uh, uh, shipping is free, by the way, and uh, these pellets are really easy to use. You simply fan them over the treatment area, and they begin working right away. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Uh, so now she's calling vendors looking for carpet. Just a moment. Pete? Yes. Hi. Hi, Joel. Hi. Say the reason she was having problems finding someone to restore that 62 Dodge Dart is because everybody's restoring the later ones because the later ones were the same body styles as the uh Plymouth Barracuda and the Dodge Challenger. Right. And those were the hot cars. Right. The muscle this, cars. 
Yeah, this is an ugly car. Sure. Right. Absolutely. All right. And again, I my sensibility problem has nothing to do with the fact that it's an ugly car. I don't know what my sensibility problem is. I haven't identified it yet. Mark? Joe, I yeah. think I got a, the key to your sensibility problem. Yeah. It seems as though you, you, you say you're nostalgic, but at what point in life do you become nostalgic? At 20, you're not nostalgic. At 30, you may be, but at 40, you get there because you've got more behind you. Right. And so you, you say that you, you're, you're having a hard time with the nostalgia end of it. The nostalgia comes just from age and, and what, what, what suits your fancy. That could very well be part of it, yeah. And it's no no one's nostalgic at twenty. You, how many cars would you like to have back from when you were twenty years old? Every one of them. Every single one of them. Yep. At at forty five, you were kicking yourself. At twenty, you didn't much care. Absolutely. But I think that solves your sensibility problems. And tell rookie, I'll see him in the alley over the weekend. All right, thank you. Yeah. To fight. <laughs> I hope there'll be beverages involved. I called other vendors thinking maybe someone might have just enough rose beige in the back of their shop. I must have called 40 companies. No luck. I decided to go with the proper color, but in the cut pile, I was devastated. After three weeks, uh, about three weeks after getting the carpet, one of the vendors called me. Vicki, you'll never believe this, she said. I got a call from the manufacturer for that rose beige loop you wanted. They said they've gotten so many calls about it, they've decided to put it back into production. She said, I suspect I was the cause of those calls. I had contacted so many vendors who in turn had called the manufacturer. It must have thought there was a huge need for rose beige. The restoration took just over a year and ended up costing twenty grand. But she said it was all worth it. The dart is beautiful and is now my everyday car. At least twice a day, people shout, cool car, what year is it? Or they stop to admire it. Even my dad was amazed. The next project is getting an accurate appraisal. But this has never been about money. It has just been about the car. I'm proud that people recognize all the hard work and perseverance it took to not only get the car back on the road, but to restore it to great-grandma condition. Uh, have you heard any of this? Yeah, I've been listening. Well, what is my... I'm having a problem with this. And normally it's, I would not... I think it's cool that you would do this. I'm having a problem with this. I can't do cars anymore, Joe. It's just... I, I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint your problem anymore. Maybe it's because of the nostalgia that she feels, and it's not for doesn't have anything to do with the cylinders, not the way the car runs. This the way She doesn't describe any smells. She says she has a memory of sitting in the back as a youth, but there's real. she's not really attached to the engine or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he, you did your dad. It Was it your dad's boat? Or no, it was yeah. a boat. Yeah. It, it was the boat. Yeah. Well, so he understands them. So, so I have no dispute with that aspect right. of right. it. There's something else rattling around in my head that doesn't make any sense. Garage Logic will be back. GLers, you've come to think of Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats as your own clubhouse, and it is. It's right there on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's a meat bazaar. It's the meat capital of the world. Spencer and his gang are always inventing new products. Uh, how about hickory smoked salmon, pastrami made in-house, beef briskets and beef, tri-tip roast, and always 130-plus brat flavors. Case after case after case of brats for your garage grilling brackets this summer. Also chicken brats and jerky. Any kind of meat you want, cut to whatever thickness you want, and all the advice you would want. These guys are professional meat cutters. They don't call themselves butchers. Spencer, I said, what are you, a butcher? He said, nope. 
I'm a meat cutter. And this is his business, and GLers have taken to it in droves. Uh, as I say, north end of Hugo on Highway 61, Spencer might still have the GL sign on the on the advertising display out front. You can't miss it. Or you can try them at GrunhoferMeatMarket.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the fireworks commissioner of Garage Logic, Joe Souchere. You know what? Huh. Your mayor's brain is starting to put this together. Really? I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to figure out something. Hints? It's getting there. Okay. It's percolating. All right. Connie? Yes, hi, Joe. Hi. How are you today? Good. Um, I'm your age. Yeah. I think your problem is it's a woman doing this. That's not my pro- That is not the answer. Well, how often do you see or hear women that go to that effort to restore a car? But that, I would normally... celebrate that. No, I think that's neat. Well, I do too, but I think that it just kind of in the back of your mind, there's a little... No. Trust me, that is not... What's beginning to what what is beginning to bubble to the surface is 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 not that it's not that she's a woman. Okay. All well, right. I want to hear your uh, reasoning. I'm then. getting there. All right. All right. Still percolating there, Mr. Coffee. Yes. Jay. Joe. Yes. Hail you. Hail you. I think I've got my finger on it. All right. She does not have the passion. What do you when you go out and do a boat in your garage? Yeah. Do you do it just so you can get it done? No, it's the process of doing it. It's being out in the garage. It's working with the wood on the boats that you're doing. That's part of it. But, you know, she routinely was visiting the restoration shop. She was hectoring them to do it correctly. That's the whole point. She's, She's badgering these other people to do the job. If she had the passion herself, she'd be learning how to do this stuff. Every guy wants to work on his own car. Yes, there are some things you can't do yourself. You have to hire out a nice paint job you and I couldn't do on a car. She probably couldn't either. No, but nope. Interior I, trim, she could do interior. Well, I agree partly with what you're saying, but that isn't quite where I'd put my finger on it. Okay. All right. Thanks. Corey? Joe? Yes? The uh, I want to take the, the last callers a little bit farther. It's it's not that she can't do the work and that she's being a pest about it, but but she's entitled to this car that belongs to her. It, it was her family's car. It belongs in her family, and it's not that that she has a a passion to to rebuild an old car or a, or something like that. It, it, she's almost a, a victim because she doesn't have this car anymore, and and now her entitlement mentality kicks in that she has to find this car and have it restored just like grandma bought it okay i'll go with your theory on entitlement but not for your reason i think what's beginning to formulate is a completely different reason but you're right on the entitlement part all right all right have a good one all right getting closer oh i'm getting so i'm i'm almost warm okay all right bill hi joe hi uh i've listened to you quite a while and i know you were a late convert uh to the idea of saving and investing, and you're always getting on rookies' case. Right. I think you're kind of just having a, refl- a reflexive response to this this young lady taking ten thousand dollars and putting it into a Dodge Dart, where you're thinking, "Oh, I wish you know, 
going back, just subconsciously going back to when you were her age, you said, geez, I could have everything I wanted now if I only taken $10,000 and put it in X. No, but that isn't my problem with this story, because when I was her age, I would have done things far dumber than this. <laughs> so, well, I still, you you almost, I, I don't know, it, it sounds like you're overreacting no. Understandably. No, no. I, well, bear with me. I think I'm getting close here. Okay. All right. I keep I keep delaying giving you my answer because I'm more than willing to give credit to the GLers who are weighing in here, but they haven't quite hit it yet. Okay. Scott? Scott? Steve? I'm sorry, Steve? Yeah, I think taking up on the other caller, it seemed to me like a manufactured or a false passion. Mm-hmm. Been in and out of the car. It's car phone. Okay. Um, did you say in the story she'd only had the car for a year? Once she got it from Grandma, they had it about a year, and then her dad sold it. Yeah, but she didn't have to buy the car. It was it was just given to her. Apparently. Uh, just thinking back on my own life, my first car was uh, kind of given to me. Yeah. It was a cool car, like a '64 Mustang. Right. Uh, and I had the use of it. It wasn't totally mine. Um, the first car I bought was a 53 Ford for 75 bucks, and that was a cool car. Right. Because I had to buy it. All right. That's okay. Thank you. I, I'm, a, I'm ready to confess. My, I have discovered my sensibility problem. All right. You what just have it? to wait till after this break. Oh, well, there's a break. I'm going to give a break that I, I can put my sentences oh, together. Right now at Rapid Marine, you can get a new Lund 1775 Impact Sport with a Mercury 115 four-stroke and trailer for under $270 a month. This is a fishing boat, man, like no other. It features dual live wells, rod storage, Bluetooth stereo, travel cover, low rants, fish finder, onboard charger, and a 24-volt Minn Kota trolling motor. And don't forget, if you mention Garage Logic, you're going to receive $250 off this incredible deal. Ask about military rebates for active retired service members. And don't forget to mention Garage Logic to receive an additional $250 off. We're talking Rapid Marine, four locations Ham Lake, Shakopee, Rogers, and St. Cloud, Crestliner dealer, Glastron dealer. In fact, the largest Glastron boat dealer in Minnesota. And when it comes to Crestliners, you know you've ridden in one. Your grandfather had one or your dad had one or your Uncle Ralph had one. But they've been around Minnesota for 80 years. Crestliner, no, 1946. What's that make it? Damn near 80 years, close enough. Uh, Four locations, as I say, Rapid Marine in Ham Lake, Rogers, Shakopee, and St. Cloud, rapidmarine.com. Uh, Jake writes, Joe, maybe your problem with the story is that there seems to be a slight disingenuous tinge to the nostalgia she seems to have. To me, it seems like she wants nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, not because she has a real attachment to the car. I I accept that observation. Uh, Joe, I think the 62 Dart was the car Ward Cleaver had and that Beaver somehow let roll out into the street. (laughs) I think that's absolutely right. I think the Cleavers had a Dart. Uh... Uh, Karen writes, deep inside, maybe you yearn to have had 20000 to spend on a car you remember. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's, that's not my answer. 
Uh, Bernie writes, she shows no real emotion toward her great-grandmother, even hated the car she inherited at 16 from her on her death. Then later she picks the car back up as a project to bond that she never followed through on either. Then later, coincidentally with the popularity of rare old cars restored for huge money, she throws 20 grand into a car that originally cost, what, two grand, and then she says it's not about the money? All right, here's what I think my problem is, and it's in this paragraph. Okay. We're getting somewhere. I called about 20 restorers in Southern California until I found one in Burbank that was familiar with dart restoration. So I towed it there and told them I wanted to be able to drive the car, which has a 225 cubic inch slant six and a three speed push button transmission from San Diego to San Francisco with no overheating, no stalling, no problems. And it had to be totally stock. Unrealistic. That's what's been bothering me. When you restore something because of your love for a grandmother or a father or whatever, and you go and you discover that heirloom, you don't expect to use it by modern-day standards. You have it as an object of your affection. Why would a woman or a man spend 20 grand on a Dodge Dart that they, in essence, are demanding behave like a 2007 Honda Accord. That should occupy the third stall in the garage. This should be a Sunday picnic at its best. She is expecting more from this particular car than it was than it ever really was expected to deliver on. This was a grandmother's grocery getter. And here she's saying, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I want. I want this thing to routinely be able to go from San Francisco to San Diego. I want to drive out to the desert. I want to drive to the beach. I don't want any stalling. I don't want any problems and a better start right away. That's there. That's what's been bothering this me. This is all in the heat. This is this. When you go find a car that has some familial history or, or you go find a car that, uh, that evokes in you uh, tremendous members of your, uh, memories of your high school years or, or whatever your reason, most generally speaking, you don't expect that it's going to become your daily driver. And for her to go and demand of the restoration shops, in essence, she's telling them, I want this car to behave absolutely like a new car of the year 2007. That's unrealistic. It, her, 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 her passion might not be questioned. Her allegiance to her grandmother might not be questioned. All of that other stuff might be questioned. But here is a woman who took 20 grand to spend on a Dodge Dart when all she wants out of it is for it to behave like a brand new Civic. <laughs> That's the part I there. There's where that, I was. Okay, okay. Makes sense. I was that getting thrown sense. there. It ain't the lady. It ain't the money. It's the performance. She could have. She got the car back for five hundred bucks. She could have tucked the car in the backyard and gone out and looked at it. And she could have taken 19500 and gone and bought a Honda Civic, a loaded Honda Civic. She could have even gotten a Honda uh, Civic Hybrid. She could have bought a Prius for that now. I don't know what the prices are now. It, instead, she throws all of this time and energy and money into the recreation of a 1962 car that in 1962 wasn't even that good of a car for what she is demanding of it. That's the part that threw me.
And it took me a while to get to this. Uh, I, people think I was pulling their leg and that I knew all along what my objection was. No, I, it, it occurred to me after reading that chapter, that paragraph about three or four more times, it dawned on me, wait a minute. And that's why I agreed with the guy's word on entitlement. Her, her entitlement, I, I think she unquestionably has an entitlement mentality, but it's misplaced. It's, look, I want this thing to run perfectly. What are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to drive it. It's my daily car. I'm going to San Diego and San Francisco, and I want it to start. I don't want it to overheat. I don't want it to break down. I want it to be perfect. Well, then why in the— Do you think she got laughed at at the counter when she initially did this or no? Not when she finally found a restoration shop that willingly took her money. Yeah. I, I just think her expectations are, are disproportionate to the sentiment— to, Here. Her expectations are disproportionate to the sentimentality factor there. That's, I understand Took that. me a while to get there, it's but about time. who's your daddy? Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So, if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Plenty of great bicycle riding time left. In fact, in the fall is some of the prettiest bicycle riding around the Twin Cities you can find. Imagine yourself on a Bentelli e-bike from EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. That's where I got mine. Five assist levels, or if I don't want to pedal, I just use the thumb control. EcoFun specializes in quality, affordable scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, a full line of Yamaha motorcycles, youth snowmobiles, and the electric bikes. E-bikes are incredible. They're fun, they're lightweight, they're durable, they're comfortable, and they're designed to tackle any terrain. So stop in for yourself, take an electric bike test ride right around Forest Lake there. Tim will set you up. You'll love it. And no other store in Minnesota offers an in-floor display, or on-floor display, I should say, of electric bikes that compares to what you will see at EcoFun. And at EcoFun, you will not pay the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at the shops that exclusively sell bicycles. Uh, they also carry a full line of uh, Yamaha motorcycles, as I said, dirt bikes, ATVs, side-by-sides, top-notch service department for every product they sell. EcoFun is a family business started 11 years ago. They're here for the long run, and they care about their customers. Go online at EcoFunMotorsports.com. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. Well, you got to the bottom of it. For me, for me, for other uh, people who read the story and might have had sensibility issues, where are my sensibilities supposed to be? They might might have had completely different issues, but I, I feel so relieved yeah, that I've accommodated nice. myself. I know you were twitching in there. Chris? 
Yeah, Joe, what I was going to say was, how'd you like to be the mechanic that worked on that? So every time something goes wrong, she's calling you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, my God, would that number be right off your call list or what? Her expectations for its performance are unrealistic. What I was going to say was, that's the kind of car that you find in a grandma's garage, and it's kind of cool you buy it and drive it around. Yeah. You know, they're a piece of... They're, excuse the expression, they're a piece of crap back in 63, but it's kind of like a Gremlin or a Pinto or a Vega. They're kind of neat, but you wouldn't stick 20 grand into one of them. Well, if you had pressing enough sentimental reasons, you, you might. But I, it, but not to drive as your daily car. Exactly, and, if it, and, and it would be different if it would have been your car when you were in high school, you yeah. know, and, instead of somebody giving it to you. Like, I had a 66 Chevelle SS I bought. Worked my butt off, bought it, and I love that car. And if I ever had a chance to buy another one, I would. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Joe? Oh, hello. Hi. I have a comment and question for you on the car thing. I was wondering if that was revealing a uh, market that could be tapped by the car makers and how people would go for the sort of, uh, as an option, the old-timey facade. So you're buying a new Chevy Cavalier. But for forty five hundred bucks, you can check off you want it with the fifty seven Chevy body facade. I think you're already seeing that. Yeah, you're seeing it in that Chevrolet pickup truck that picked up the late forties. You're seeing it in that Chevrolet HRN. You're seeing it in the uh, what's the Dodge or the Plymouth, the uh, the little uh, thing that looks like a something. Oh, the PT. The, the PT Cruiser. Yeah, I think I think you're on the right track, but I think you're already seeing that. Right, except that they don't pick the uh, the actual model. Right, not, it's not truly vintage. It's it's like vintage, but it's not a real '57 Chevy body. Or I suppose it'd all be made out of plastic and stuff anyway. Well, they're having such trouble now. It'd be. It, I think it's a brilliant marketing idea, and I'd be a prime candidate. But I bet they just can't afford to do it. Well, they're having great. Thank you, Bob. Joe, good afternoon. Hi. I owned a '62. All right. It was the Plymouth Belvedere, but very little difference. All right. What made that unique at that time in our history, and I've been a mechanic, I worked on that thing from one end to the other, was that when they start, that's when they started the unibody. Mm-hmm. And I called just to say, don't, don't undersell uh, the, the durability of that vehicle. Our Plymouth went 450,000 miles. Well, do you want to rebuild one today to drive as your daily car? I would. Okay. It was an incredible car. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the Dodge I think was, that one was a little smaller. I think incredible is a stretch. <laughs> well, now if you if you if you actually knew what, I guess another way to put it, would you put that money into a '62 Chevrolet? Depends on the model. Uh, it's all the same undercarriage. Well, well no, I'd sure put it into a '62 Vet. Well, okay, well yeah. I'm, that's a different ball game. Yeah. Let's say a Bel Air then, or. Or, I've never been a big Chevy guy, so the, um, so unless it's a vet, I guess my answer is no. Okay. Yeah. But that was a doggone good car. All right, thank you. You bet. Here's Diane in Menominee, Wisconsin. Quickly, Diane. Yes. Hi. I would like to give you a woman's point of view of maybe where she's coming from. All right, quickly, please. I've owned several classic cars. Right. All Chevrolets. Right. And I never wanted to have a classic that I couldn't restore and have very dependable and be able to take it out and drive it every day. And, and even if you wanted to take off and go to Omaha and back. That's right. All right. And I wasn't able to um, do the mechanical work on it, 
So I wanted someone that could make that so that wouldn't break down for me. All right. Very good. Thank you. You bet. All right. Thank you. Thank I'm you. sticking to my sensibility discovery. I applaud what she did. She saved a car, and that's great. Jailers, the next time you get involved with a charitable event, don't think you got roped into something. Use it as an occasion to turn that event into something grand. Dump the gift cards and the free golf lesson in the wine baskets and get a hold of BigTimeSportsAuctions.com. BigTimeSportsAuctions. Imagine having, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 framed prints of Minnesota's favorite sports figures at the auction. You can with Big Time Sports Auction, and best of all, it doesn't cost your organization any money up front. Big Time Sports Auctions takes a percentage of what the items sell for, and your group keeps the, keeps the rest. I'm sorry. Call Steve at Big Time Sports Auctions at 612-718-3629. He'll take care of you. He'll customize the items for your event. Bring them out. Set up the bid sheets. Even collect the money if you want. It's the greatest way to have a good, good outcome. And all you would do is take credit for a great event. So whether it's your school or a community organization or a church or the scouts or whatever it is, let your imagination run wild. Big time sports auctions will take care of you. Go to BTS Auctions. That's BTS Auctions with an S dot com. Hey, GLers, DK Mags is the best gun shop in town. No hyperbole. Well, at least for this firearm aficionado anyway. And I, I got to tell you, I've been to most of them. Their website, dkmags.com, it's a good place to start if you haven't heard of them. And if you've never been to their shop up in New Brighton, at dkmags.com, you're going to find fair pricing on a very vast selection of firearms and accessories. DK Mags has been all the rage since 1999 because of, well, uh, uh, number one, the friendly service. No matter who you are or your level of expertise or lack thereof, they treat us all the same. And number two, the staff, buku knowledge and no attitude. If you're just getting started or maybe you just need another toy, gunsmithing, holsters, ammo, you name it, DKMags.com in New Brighton is the best gun shop in town. Oh, hey, uh, be sure to check out their other location up in Monticello. It's called Monticello Pond and Gun, just another part of the DKMags.com family. Uh, they're located right in the heart of Gumption County, Monticello Pond and Gun and DKMags.com. It's that time of year again, the 4th of July, and that means firecrackers, fireworks, and fun. It also means plenty of business for me. Hi, I'm Paul from Paul's Prosthesis Palace. Try saying that three times twice, ha. Huh? Over the 4th, business is booming. Enjoy the explosive patriotic fun and light them up. Then assess the damage and come into my store to save, save, save on all prosthetics and artificial body parts. Choose from the area's best selection of finger replacements, artificial eyebrows, all expressions in stock, including surprised and pensive. Save on body molds, wrist joints, knuckle sockets, glass eyes, multi-ethnicity skin grafting kits, lip coverings, eardrum nerve damage pads, toe attachment adhesive, and fancy scar cream. The 4th of July is risky, but America is great, and nobody sells more prosthetics than Paul's Prosthesis Palace. So after the barbecues and the fiery celebrations, we'll turn your carelessness and misfortune into savings. I'm Paul. When almost new, we'll have to do. Shop Paul's Prosthesis Palace. Have a happy 4th. That's going to do it for today's best of Garage Logic Edition. It's Reavers here back in the GL Podcast Studios. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much for your continued support of the Garage Logic Podcast. And don't forget about Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. I actually have to stop in at my Ace Harbor in Eden Prairie to get my lawnmower blade sharpened. So 
Thank you so much. And uh, we will have another best of for tomorrow. And then, of course, the mayor himself will be back bright and shiny on Monday. My assistant producer is my four-year-old son, Leland. You have anything to add, young man? Yes. What? That's it? No. All right. Good talk. Good talk. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah. The best of the Garage Logic podcast. No, no, you're done. You're done. You're done. No, you're done. You're done. Okay. Okay. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com.